Hey, everybody, and welcome to Grace in the Gray. On this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about dating. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by Jordan and Sam. And just as a reminder, uh, what we do here is every other week come together to use the black and white of Scripture to speak into the gray areas of our culture. But before we do get started this week, I want to throw out maybe a little bit of a disclaimer. I know sometimes we listen to podcasts riding around in the car, and maybe there's little ears uh, in the car with you. And and as we cover the topic of dating this week, uh, there may be some subject matter that might be sensitive to those little ears. Um, don't fully know what we'll discuss, but just a, just a heads up that maybe you might want to pause this and wait until you're at home tonight with the AirPods in or, or maybe remove from little ears. Uh, obviously, we'll try to keep it God-honoring and that kind of stuff, but just give you a heads up on that. So excited to cover the topic, uh, and I'll kick it over to you, Sam, uh, to get us started. Yeah, so I want to know what is the best dating advice you've ever received? Mm. That's that's good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, as the person who defined Lord you're, of the Rings and Harry Potter as rom coms last Mr. week, romance. I might uh I might be disqualified. So uh, I'll just kick it to you, Jordan. You don't have anything? Uh, not anything that I think people want to hear. Mm. Um, I would say when that question's asked, I always think of the bad stuff first. Uh, but one thing that sticks in my head, probably the best advice that I got in college. Because I would say college was when I started taking dating seriously, if that makes sense. But a pastor who mentored me gave me the advice of dating in community. And what I mean by that is not dating alone. Like, I don't know if y'all have seen it. Like, like a friend would get a girlfriend or a boyfriend and be like, we haven't seen Rick (laughs) in like four years. See you later, dude. Yeah. It's like, what happened? They started dating. Right. And so it was that advice and it was super helpful for Lauren and I for a number of different reasons. Um, but just dating with other people around us, um, especially too with, and, and this, this came to be true too, what your family and your friends, like your closest friends think about that person and getting to know them well, um, says a lot about, um, what kind of person they actually are and, and kind of gives a good indicator sometimes what your family thinks, what your friends think, if that's somebody that you need to be with. So Sam, you got anything? Hmm. I don't know if I've had great advice, but I, you said something that made me want to ask. You said when you got to college, you started taking dating seriously. Yeah. Like what was different before? And then what do you mean by seriously? I would say, that's a good question. I would say high school, it was pretty much, it felt, and even middle school too, it felt like something we were supposed to do, but there was really no end goal in mind. And then when I became a Christian, uh, going into my senior year of high school, completely changed my life and completely changed the way I lived my life. And so, yeah, really, I I started taking it seriously because there was a purpose behind it. I wasn't just doing this because it was like, you think I'm hot. I think you're hot. Let's (laughs) go out. Right. Like, it's not that, but it was more so, okay, like I am dating you with the purpose of wanting to glorify God with my life and wanting you to do the same thing in our relationship to do that. And so, yeah, that, that's more so what I mean is my faith in Jesus really started to impact the way that I dated. 
Yeah, I think a pretty good indicator, like I just, just made me chuckle as you were talking. If you still refer to it as going out, it's probably not serious, yeah, yeah, right? Like, not. like, are you two going out? Like, I remember that was the terminology. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I think I think that's a perfect segue into talking about dating. And even in the first episode, we talked about dating a little bit. And it's this idea, as we're talking about the gray areas of culture, there's this idea of asking and the question that I get asked all the time is, is dating biblical or can I date and be a Christian? And to ask that question, is dating biblical? Well, the answer is no, because there's no biblical backing. There's nowhere in scripture that says thou shall not go to the movies on Fridays. You know, like there's nothing in there <laughs> about it. Right. But there is black and white that show us different things in terms of sexual purity or how to treat people or how to, um, the type of people to be around. And so not necessarily, if it's not biblical, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. We have to sit down kind of what we're doing today, sit down and think, okay, with the black and white that we have, how can we use those truths to direct us in our actions, in our thoughts when it comes to dating. And so I think a really good question to ask, um, and I'll give this to you, Rick, to start off since you didn't have any great advice. (laughs) Maybe you'll have something here. Um, But what is the purpose? If it's not biblical, we don't have a basis to it, a biblical basis to it. What is the purpose of dating? Yeah, I think I think that's an important question to ask or to answer rather, it's an important question to answer as you try to answer, should I be dating, right? Like that is the, I think motivation and the reason behind things, whatever we're talking about always matters. You know, I go back to that scripture where Paul writes that, that, that all things are whatever, but not all things are beneficial, right? Like we can do all things. We have freedom in all things, but not all things are beneficial. And so answering that question, why would I do this? Or why should I even consider doing this is, is an important spot to begin. Uh, I, I I read an article this week as we were getting ready, ready, uh, on desiring God that talked specifically about when we're talking about the concept of dating, um, understanding that the goal of dating is that we're seeking clarity and not intimacy. Mm. And I think often in our culture right now, those two things get switched around. Like we can, we think that we're entering into this relationship to determine if this is someone that I can be intimate with. And that sets up a variety of ways that you can fail and a variety of ways that we can come up short in what God's calling us to be, especially when it comes to sexual purity and those kind of things. But I think what clarity does allow us to do, especially when we do it like inside of the confines of your advice earlier in community, with people to keep us from stumbling and keep us from falling, keep it from being a stumbling block in our lives is it allows us to provide clarity as to, is this a relationship with someone that I can ultimately be intimate with? Yeah. Right. And so I think that there's some questions that get answered in that. And so I would say, yes, yes, please date. You know what I mean? I think that's a great, that's a great run up to marriage, but I would say date with marriage in mind, like set that as the end goal of the relationship. And when that no longer becomes an obtainable goal, that it becomes comes obvious inside of that relationship that we're not going to get to this spot. I think you're setting yourself up for temptation that you don't need, for shortcomings that you don't need to walk in, and really just for heartache and for difficulty in life, even if even if you're not holding to the biblical narrative of purity or, or those kind of things. Like I think even if marriage becomes the goal and that's not your stance, like I still think if marriage is taken off of the table and you stay in that relationship, I would just ask you why. Right. Like I think it's an unnecessary investment of time and money and effort and energy and all of that. Yeah, for sure. And I think even too, on top of that, 
I think you nailed it. The the purpose of dating is marriage for for and that was the big piece. Even as a it's crazy to think even as a freshman in or in in college, I started to think that way in terms and that was the work of the Lord in my life. But started to take mar- marriage and dating and all those things and seeing how they were connected. Um, but I think it's important to ask, especially too for Christians. Okay, the purpose of dating is marriage. Well, what's the purpose of marriage? And our culture tells us that the purpose of marriage is, hey, husband and wife, couple kids, white picket fence, two great jobs, golden doodle dog, go on great beach vacations, get a boat, do all those things. But ultimately, the purpose of marriage is to reflect the gospel, right? We see that in Ephesians 5. It says that husbands are to love their wives in the way that Christ loves the church, and the wife is supposed to submit to the husband as the church submits to Christ. There's there's this picture in marriage. So the way that my wife Lauren and I, our hope is the way that we function as a marriage, which doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Just because, hey, you're a Christian and you're living for God doesn't mean, and I think we can all attest to that, that doesn't mean that you're going to have a perfect marriage and you're not going to have trouble. But through the ups and downs, you have the opportunity through marriage to reflect the gospel, to proclaim it through the way that you live your life, through the way that you treat your spouse, through the way that you parent. And I don't think that's talked about enough. I yeah. think it's all the things that we see on social media, all the all the Instagram posts, all of those things. But there, we miss the most vital piece to what marriage is. And so that's important to think about too. If the purpose of dating is marriage, well, we got to see that the purpose of marriage is reflecting the gospel and, and making th- and much think, of Christ. Yeah, and I think I would add, like, if the purpose of marriage is is reflecting the gospel or glorifying God or however we want to word that in churchy terms. Like, I think that's another good boundary tester inside of a dating relationship. Like, is this allowing me to do this? And if this dating relationship is causing me to walk into sin, because I would maybe add into that, like in addition to simply glorifying God, I think the other thing that marriage does is edify me, right? Like mold me into what God wants me to be. I think so often we fall in love with the, with two pieces of romance when it comes to whether we're talking about dating or marriage or whatever it may be. And it's, it's the beginning and the end, right? Like we love the, the story of like new love, like this, this engagement love where everything's beautiful. And like, I'm brand new with you and I'm so in love with you and, and everything about you is perfect. And everything about us is perfect. And we just love each other. And then, then we, on the flip side of the coin, we then gravitate to like the two 80 year olds that are still in love with each other that are still getting out of it. But but nobody spends a great deal of time talking about the middle, right? Yeah, and because the middle sometimes is boring. The middle sometimes is grimy. The middle is sometimes very difficult. The middle is sometimes... But I think in all of that, there's so much joy when it is grounded in the glory of God and the and, and my becoming more like what he's called me to be, whether that be dating or marriage. I think that those that having that end goal, working with that end goal in mind frees us to understand and to answer the question, should I be in this? Should I be out of this? You know, what's going on here? I think something that's important, especially especially dating as a Christian, is thinking of things. What are things to look for in a person that I want to date and ultimately marry? So what are some of those things, good and bad? What are things that we should look for or people should look for in a dating relationship and ultimately in a spouse. Yeah, I think I would, 
I would start maybe with a caveat and go, hey, if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, I think this still is applicable to you. Uh, I think that all of these these things from the Bible, vantage point, again, we're trying to use the black and white of Scripture to speak into the world or into the culture, and maybe you find yourself on the culture side of this discussion. I think these are all still helpful. Uh, I would encourage you, um, you referenced it earlier, the Ephesians 5, right? Like, look at those roles, and that's a difficult spot in our culture right now, but I think understanding and finding somebody in your community that can help you what those are and what those are not, right? Like, it's not this find a man who's going to rule you with an iron fist or a woman who has to submit and, you know, do the stereotypical woman roles. Like, there's so much more beauty in what that passage is laying out for you that I wish we had more time to uncover here. Well, I think but, I think quickly it's— we, we put emphasis on, hey, wives, submit to the husband, but what is the husband called to do first? Sure, yeah. To, to submit to Christ, right? There's this submission. Yeah, you're following your husband, but, but ultimately you're following Christ because the head of the relationship is... Jesus. Yeah. So he's following Jesus. You're following him. Yeah. And so there's this I think idea there's that a, there's, I think, and I think one of the biggest, like if you were like, Hey, what is one of the biggest maybe characteristics that I would say flows out of that Ephesians five on both sides, the woman's side or the man's side is humility, right? Like the ability to take, receive and, and operate inside of correction, even when it's correction that may hurt our feelings. Like I think if, it's just a huge red flag for me if you can't ever speak anything negative about the person that you're in a relationship with without them becoming super defensive or dismissive. And yeah. so I would go humility is a huge, huge character trait for me that as you're looking for clarity in a dating relationship, is this somebody that I can eventually be intimate with? I think if they can't be humble enough to be real with you, that would be a huge, hey, we need to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Well, I've just been thinking about things that I wish I knew or that someone told me when I was in the dating world, because um, I might have been a little behind y'all. Like I might have done more dating before I was a Christian or before I really had a relationship with God. Mm. So, I mean, even last week you talked about messing up the order of priorities in our life. And you said, um, if we want people to be in the right place in our lives, then God has to be in the right place in our heart, the ultimate place. And so looking at this with a perspective of a single female, but I mean, it could even work for a single guy. Um, just knowing that my worth is not defined by the value that the potential partner places on me. Um, there's a trap of comparison of meeting expectations that a young single female, whether you're in high school or college or even, you know, just young adult that still has not found their forever partner. Um, just comparing your journey to somebody else's journey that might be further along than you. Um, or again, just trying to find your own, identify your own value and what the other person thinks of you. And that's dangerous because it might, tempt you to lower your standards, to, um, to sacrifice something that you've been, um, really wanting to work towards, or, I mean, even the sexual purity. I mean, there's a lot of pressure that goes into looking at other people's journeys versus what you have your heart set on. I mean, the truth is that you're looking at this partner to, to validate, but you don't need that. You're pursued daily by your heavenly father. And he says, I mean, in Colossians 3, I was looking um, this morning, you're holy, chosen, and dearly loved. Mm-hmm. And if I, if someone would have told me that when I was in the dating scene and I 
I will tell my daughter this and you both being fathers of girls. Um, Girl dads. <laughs> Girl dads. If you're not watching the podcast, there was a serious fist bump. Um, that was beautiful. <laughs> So, I mean, in, in Colossians 3, it talks about put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And so this isn't just for women. This is Paul talking to everyone. And we can't put on the character of Christ until we have a relationship with him. And so if we're talking about dating um, young adults, you know, I know the pressure and culture tells us, you know, find your person and I mean, we don't have to do that. I, I just, I just want to encourage people. Basically, work on your relationship with Christ first, yeah. and yeah. then everything changes. I think there's also a thing I would throw in there, especially like if you're single and watching this, that desiring to be in a relationship is not sinful, right? Like that desiring mm-hmm. that does not mean you're outside of God's will. Like I think that God, you know, God blesses relationships, but I think that God is also can be doing something in your life. I would tell you not to be discouraged and not to feel sinful because you desire those things. Both of those are are gifts of God's grace to you. Um, and I would encourage you, Philippians 4, you know, what does it look like to live in contentment regardless of the circumstances and to trust that, again, your relationship first and foremost is with Jesus and with his word and, and becoming who he wants you to become. And I think doing that prepares you ultimately for a relationship. And I would I would caveat on because I think this is so such a regardless of if you're a believer or not, I want to say that maybe the biggest red flag for me is if you find yourself in a relationship with someone who won't respect boundaries that you set, that's a huge, huge thing, regardless of if they we're just talking about sexual purity and that thing, or if it's something else, if it's time and space and, and those kind of things, I think distance yourself rapidly from that or figure out what's going on in that person's life that makes them struggle to, to recognize boundaries and have again, clear conversation about the way that I feel and the boundaries that I've set. And if people don't respect that, you know, I think, again, find your worth somewhere else. There's that dangerous trap that it comes from there and it just doesn't. And that was and that was honestly thinking of what to look for. I think this applies. It goes with what you just said, Rick. I think it applies to what girls should look for in in the guy that they're trying to date and ultimately marry. But then also as guys, what we should hope to be like. Um, but I think it's that leadership quality where they are setting the standard. Something that two things that drive me nuts is this idea of one, having a guy in a relationship that goes, Hey, I'm only one to go as far as you want to. Yeah. Right? No, it's you set the standard according to what is going to keep you or what is ultimately going to bring you and the person that you're in a relationship with closer to Jesus and to glorify God in that way. But then also to allowing them, it, it's this idea. It's, it's not just setting the standard, but then even what I see too is that person is not your possession, right? Like I see so much like guys are like, yeah, like you're going to do your hair this way, or you're not going to wear these types of earrings. I'm like, Lord, please. I'm about to punch this dude or hit him with my car because <laughs> That she's not yours. And even if you were married to her, like that's not, that's not what leadership is. It's not ruling with the iron fist. It's again, submitting to Jesus. And then by doing that, they are following you 
because you're so close. It's like what Paul, Paul, Paul was so close to Jesus. I think it's first or second Corinthians. He says, follow me as I follow Christ, right? It's, it's that idea. And I think too, another thing that I will look for is, and I think we've alluded to it. It's this idea of clarity, right? Leaders, someone said, I can't remember where I heard this from, but it's so true. It's true in ministry. It's true in all areas of life, but leaders function to get rid of things that aren't clear, right? So like if there is not clarity in a certain situation or in a certain relationship, a leader comes in to bring clarity into that. And so, so often, like whether it's boundaries or even it's like a DTR, like define the relationship talk, if you are a true leader, you are going to be clear on your intentions that you have for that relationship, right? Um, and I think so often we miss that. And it's it's what you say. We lower our standards because it's, well, he's looking at me. He's giving me the affirmation that I want. But that's not enough. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, guys and girls, we, sh- we shouldn't settle mm-hmm. in that way. So let me, let me ask this, maybe as we, we wrap up, like, 30 seconds or less, and obviously you don't have to look at a clock or anything like that. So we've answered the question, can Christians date, that kind of thing. What would be, like, this would be your takeaway. Like, if you if you were telling somebody from this entire episode, from this 20 minutes, this would be what I want you to hear most clearly. What would you say to somebody? Maybe we'll go uh, Jordan first. Yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice in terms of whether you are interested in somebody or you want somebody I think two easy ways. So let's just say it's somebody who is in a relationship or in a potential relationship. The advice that I always give is study that person as much as you can and study scripture. And so what I mean by that, by studying a person, I don't mean like Jane Goodall, like studying primates with like a (laughs) notepad out, like while you're on a date or hanging out with them, just taking notes, but really study that person watch how they treat other people, watch how they treat their family, watch how they treat their friends. What kind of people are they surrounding themselves with? What do they do with responsibility? Because the, the way that they're acting now is ultimately, it's most likely a pattern of what you're going to get when you're, if you, if you go the route of marrying them. Right. And so study that person as much as you can, but also study scripture, right? There's a lot of gray in scripture, what we've talked about, but there are black and white truths of the kind of person that Jesus calls us to be. And so the more that we study scripture, I think we can lay both of that. We can lay that person and who Jesus calls us to be. And I think it's one of those where, if, if they if they coincide with one another and you truly do believe, I, I think this relationship will ultimately bring me closer to Jesus and form me into his image in the way that we that God wants us to be. I, I think you should pursue it. That would be my biggest piece of advice is study that person that you're interested in as much as you can and study scripture and see if they coincide. I think I'll, I'll go second and let Sam wrap us up because she's the best at that. She is. is. Um, I think our culture has done a great deal to cheapen what it means to be in a relationship with somebody. And I think there's a lot of different culprits for that. Internet, social media, just Hollywood, however we want to do that. To cheapen what it means to be in a relationship and cheapen what you're, and you alluded to this, Sam, what what you bring to a relationship, what your personal value is. Um, I think that's one of the things that's clearly defined. And I would say recognize as you enter a relationship, one, that you have to battle back against the temptation to cheapen that 
what it means to be in that relationship. And two, you have to constantly battle back against this temptation that we have that preys on, I think, both men and women to cheapen who you are, to bow to be in that relationship. And I think those things happen as a result of culture, but they're not a clear picture of what God intended in dating and in dating and being in relationships and that kind of thing. And so I would tell you, don't battle to keep your value and the relationship's value. Um, and I think the best way of doing that is what Jordan said, by, by keeping your eyes ultimately fixed on what guides that relationship. Mm-hmm. I can't top those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Find someone who makes you more like Jesus and, and don't... Um, lower your standards or cheapen what you expect out of a relationship. You still said it way better than we said it. It took us like four years to do it. And then she's like, boom and bop. There you go. See y'all later. Um, So today we talked about dating. Mm -hmm. Next episode, we can talk a little bit more about marriage. Yeah, we got you married folks. We (laughs) just, if you've made it this far, thank you. But we haven't forgot about you. And like we talked about earlier, you know, you can listen, but you can also watch the podcast if you're just curious about the So if you want to see that beautiful fist bump. Exactly. Go put it in (laughs) slow-mo. Be Um, envious. Maybe one day you can get one. You can find the link to that in the show notes um, on the podcast website. And we will be back in two weeks with an episode on marriage. And thanks again for listening to the Grace in the Gray podcast, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture. Thanks. Thanks.